Today's episode of the Gold Cast is sponsored by a question, Raymond. I have a question for you. Is there hope? Do the 49ers actually have a little hope this week that we can make a run? You know, uh, before last week, I was like Obi-Wan Kenobi in Empire Strikes Back, where I thought that Jimmy was our last hope for the season before he went down. And after we went down, I did that. But then Yoda in that film, in that scene, told Obi-Wan, no, there's another. In the Niners case, we have several anothers in the face of Raheem Mostert, Sher- Richard Sherman, and Debo Samuel who have come back. So there is a little bit of hope. Now, Raymond, I have a second question for you, a follow-up question. Okay. Is there enough hope to compel you to get on top of a van, jump off that van, and elbow drop into a table during the pregame of this 49ers-Bills matchup on Monday? I specifically said there's a little bit of hope. I did not say that there was any delusion of grandeur, and uh, that's uh, I definitely draw the line there. Good. I think that's good. Raymond, before we get started on today's episode of the Goldcast, why don't you let them know, where can they find us? You can like us on Instagram at the Goldcast, and you can like us uh, or follow us on Twitter. You can follow us on Instagram at the Goldcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at the underscore Goldcast, and be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere that podcasts are syndicated. We are there. Subscribe and comment on the YouTube side of it. Uh, check the little notification bell so you can get notified when our episodes go live and join the discussion in the comment section below because it all helps feed the algorithm, helps the channel grow, and helps us add more cool, awesome things to the show for your guys' listening entertainment. So like, subscribe, follow, and comment, and get involved. Yeah. All right. We have a big episode. It's Thursday night. It is preview night for the Goldcast, one of our favorite episodes of the week. We get to preview and look at this upcoming matchup. And as Raymond mentioned at the beginning, a little bit of hope. A little bit of hope for the San Francisco 49ers. A little bit of hope for the Goldcast Empire. A little bit of hope for the faithful. Here we go. The greatest podcast intro is about to begin. The greatest fanalist in the game. He's in the building. You're professor of fanalism. I'm here too. Class is in session. Let's go. San Francisco, are you ready? This is the Gold Cast. Boom! Welcome to another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Sousa III, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Solis the first, baby. Boom! Raymond, I'm not gonna elbow drop off a van, but I'm gonna elbow drop. Down by the river. Down by the river. Just (laughs) right here. Onto my armchair, baby. Because it is preview night. 49ers going up against the Buffalo Bills. And what a matchup this is going to be. Uh, This is the Niners looking seemingly like possibly our season was basically on the ropes. Defeating the Rams. Sweeping the Rams. Louie has uh, still not... Uh, gotten over it. It's been great. And now the 49ers are still somehow magically in the playoffs, playoff hunt. And so here we go, Raymond. This is now the next week. And now all the 49ers can do is take it week by week. And slowly but surely, we're getting enough pieces and we've held on long enough 
that there is a chance, a slim possibility, that the Niners can make a run. And just the idea that there's even a slim possibility. The idea that maybe this team can hold on long enough so that Jimmy G can come back and lead these guys into the final weeks of the season and into the post is pretty awesome. Now, there's no guarantees on any of that. There's no guarantees on anyone returning or this even happening. But the 49ers are all about being faithful. Being th this, this fan base is about faith and being faithful. So the, if we have an opportunity to exhibit that and to prove that, we're going to do it. So without any further ado, let's get busy, Ray. Here we go. The matchup, it is going to be week 13, Monday Night Football. So let's take a look at what we're dealing with. The Buffalo Bills are 8-3. and three. They are three, Their road record is 3-2, and two, doing actually pretty well on the road. Going up against the San Francisco 49ers, who are 5-6. and six. We are 1-4 and four at home. But guess what, Ray? We're not playing at home. We're not playing at home. We've had a really terrible home record, and we're not playing at home. We will be at the State Farm Stadium in Glendale, Arizona, home of the Arizona Cardinals. This game will be Monday, December 7, 2020, uh, 5.15 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. All right, so let's take a look at some of the uh, – the spreads and the odds. Let's see what Vegas has to say about this game, Raymond. Vegas has Buffalo at two and a half favorites, minus two and a half. We are talking a very slim margin of victory here. Okay. Uh, the total over under for the day is 48. And let's look at some of the betting trends. Buffalo right now, they're averaging 27.2 points per game this season. That's number 10 in the NFL. They're surrendering. 25.6 points per game in the NFL. That's 18th in the NFL. San Francisco's averaging 23.7 points per game this season, which is ranked for 20th in the NFL. And then we're surrendering 23.1. We are surrendering almost as many points as we're making. I've never really seen that. But 2020 for you. We're surrounding 23.1 points per game this season. That is number 11 in the NFL. So kind of a really wonky matchup. Sometimes when we see those numbers laid out, it, it's very obvious numerically what probably is going to happen. Not so much the case this time. Buffalo averages 27. They surrender 25. The Niners average 23. They surrender 23. Really wonky numbers to deal with here. But this is just our basic lineup here so this is just what vegas has kind of laid out for us again buffalo at you know two and a half favorites now raymond let's move on to your section here probably the most important section of the entire season dating all the way back from our preview episode you said the most important thing that would affect this game is the injury report and every week the injury report has either helped us or crippled us and in most cases it's crippled us what does the injury report look like after Thursday's practice? Who do we have coming in? Do we have anyone returning? Or are we just are we at the same guys from last week? What's what's the status as of right now? Well, right now we only have one day's worth of any reporting because the game is on Monday. Therefore, the Niners didn't start practice until today, the time of this recording. So we only have one day. Normally we'd have at least Wednesday under our belt by this time to have a couple of days to give us a little bit more insight into how to project health going into the week. But so far we have Brandon Ayuk who's back. 
DJ Jones is back. They didn't. Uh, they were full participants in practice uh, this week. Is they were on. Uh, I know Brandon Ayuk was COVID. I forget if DJ Jones. I think DJ Jones was also COVID. Not injury related in his absence is what it reads here. So I believe it was COVID. It's hard to keep track of everyone who's on the darn COVID list, especially if you're in Baltimore. Um, Emmanuel Mosley still dealing with the hamstring. He was limited in practice today. I imagine he's going to play because he did play against the Rams. He was the third cornerback playing in the Kawan Williams spot. Debo Samuel, hamstring, did not participate in practice today. I think that's more of a precautionary method because he looked absolutely fantastic against the Rams. Jordan Willis, a defensive lineman we picked up, uh, I think he was also on COVID. He's back, full participant today. We need all the help we can get on the D-line because we're just not generating the same pressure that we have last that we did last year. Kawan Williams, dealing with the ankle, did not participate. This is a big one because if he can somehow show up on the practice list tomorrow and Saturday, then that's going to give us a lot. That's going to give us a big weapon back to go along with the excellent play we're getting from Richard Sherman and um, Jimmy Ward. So if he doesn't play, then I expect Emmanuel Mosley to fill in that spot like he did last week and also look for Jimmy Ward to stand up in the box like he did against the Rams and also drop in coverage. I mean, Jimmy Ward was doing, was a, he was a Swiss army life, Swiss army army knife last week. And I expect him to do that role again, especially if Kawan Williams does not play. If Kawan Williams shows up, then boom, we've got a, a great matchup problem for Buffalo, especially against the likes of someone like a Cole Beasley or even the rookie uh, receiver that they got over there. On the Buffalo side, they've got a few limited practices from Jake Fromm, backup quarterback, who cares? Reggie Gilliam, tight end. They don't really use their tight end. That's not really a big deal. And Talwan Jones, a running back. We know that that doesn't matter because they really funnel the the everything through Devin Singletary and to a greater degree, Zach Moss. And Josh Allen, knee, ankle. He was a full participant today. He's most likely going to play. And then the guard, Joe uh, Feliciano, uh, was dealing with a foot. He was a full participant. And then defensive line, Mario Addison, did not practice today. So not a whole lot of injury reports on either side of the park. But... Um, we're getting our weapons back and we're getting healthy. So if we can continue to get healthy, similar to how we were getting healthier at the tail end of last season, although we just didn't have as many big stars out this like we did this year, um, there's a chance that really the Niners could surge here as we head uh, towards week 16 in this last five, five, six game stretch, or sorry, five game stretch. The Niners have to win five straight in order to have a chance at entering the tournament. Like Steve Young said, he really thinks, and I believe this, you really do need about 10 games to get into the tournament for consideration. Although there's been times when they've had, when teams have had 10 or more wins and still didn't make it in. So it really depends on the season. Um, this season might be one of those, but you never know. It's pretty wonky at the bottom there. Uh, you know, at the, with everyone trying to get in there and the teams in front of us, you've got Minnesota and then there's one more, maybe Chicago. It's like, do we really think that the Minnesota and Chicago are better than the 49ers? I don't think so. Do we think that that 49ers can outduel Minnesota and Chicago in this final stretch? I think so. I think that's pretty fair. If they um, went against each other for sure. I mean, Chicago was 5 and 2 earlier in the season and then they've lost every game since. Mhm. Mm mhm. Mm yeah, they've definitely crumbled. So, um 
As far as O'Neill Raymond mentioned, the injury report for Buffalo. If you want to see more on that, obviously this is not the place. This is the gold cast. We focus on the Niners. You're going to have to go to the We Jump Off Tables. We Jump Off Vans and Elbow Drop Through Tables, and we're okay with that podcast. It's very famous in Buffalo. It's got a very weird logo. We're showing the logo right now, and it looks like it's the crying Jordan on a on a buffalo. Um, <laughs> not exactly. You know, I, you know, to each team is own. We're not here to judge anybody. You guys, you do you, boo. Well, you do I, you. I, I assume it has to do with losing four Super Bowls straight. I don't know. Um, that that uh, a lot of that talk happens on the alternate sister podcast of the one Rudy just mentioned. That one's called the Tatanka Cast, which is uh, which is Native American tongue for buffalo. Absolutely, the Tatanka Cast. So either way. Check those out if you want more information on the Bills side of this matchup. But, of course, you're here for the 49ers. You're here for the Gold Cast. Raymond, let's talk about the matchups because you have mentioned offline several times that the real threat in this game, and I want to start here and then we'll move our way through, the real threat, in your opinion, is Josh Allen and his his mobile ability. The 49ers and many teams, but the 49ers have struggled with mobile quarterbacks dating all the way back to last year. Uh, and, you know, we've seen time and time again that they pose problems with us. Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, these guys, uh, their ability to extend plays with their legs uh, presents a problem with the, the Niners defense. And Robert Salah, for all his brilliance, hasn't quite figured that out. We've seen Kyler Murray pose the same problems with us. What do you see with these matchups and in particular with Josh Allen? Well, Josh Allen has become a much better passer this year. So he's starting to come into the other half, the more important half of the position, but he still very much relies on his legs to get him out of jams, whether it's uh, whether uh, the, the pass rush has, is trying to contain him or whether the offensive line has lost protection or whether he's trying to beat a blitz. Josh Allen's very good at getting out of the pocket and getting extra yards to keep drives alive, very similar to Kyle Murray, uh, Russell Wilson. He does it a, a, a little bit more often than those two guys, although he's just he's he's actually done a better job of settling into the passer role that is much more important uh, for a quarterback. I mean, he's thrown for over 3,000 yards already this season, which five, five more games left to go. Whether he'll hit that 4,000 mark, I doubt it. Um, but you never know. He could air it out. He's got 22 touchdowns and eight picks. Also scored some touchdowns on the ground. So he's having a really good season. And he's got some great weapons. The offense has gotten so much better with Stephon Diggs to throw on the outside. The big deep threat. You had John Brown on the intermediate, but he's on IR. He will not be in this contest. That's good news for us. And then you have the other slot, speedy receiver Cole Beasley. And we know that they're going to you know, probably rely more on the rookie. Uh, they have a rookie wide receiver that uh, I forget his name, but he caught a touchdown pass from Cole Beasley last week. Um, we know he's going to get involved a little bit more now that John Brown is not uh, playing in the foreseeable future. So I just feel like, you know, Sherman's going to be dropping and taking care of Stefan Diggs most likely. I think there'll be moments when Jason Verrett is on him. Jason Verrett's been solid too. And then Cole Beasley is going to have to deal with either Kawan Williams or Jimmy Ward, which I think is a big matchup problem in our favor. I think we win that matchup on the Cole Beasley side of things. And then you have the rookie who I, I don't trust in a big game like this on the road. Um, you know, the, we've got more 
they've got more to lose than we do. But at the same time, you know, we're playing with a scrappiness chip on our shoulder, you know, out like, hey, we're getting healthy and we're playing with the chip on shoulder. Whereas Buffalo is just trying to cruise along, staying on top of their division. And they don't really have a big, a whole lot of big threats threatening them. Although Miami's starting to chomp at their heels a little bit more. Miami has come alive this season, surprisingly. And New England's kind of hovering in there, although I don't really expect them to make a run later on in the season. And we know what the Jets, what you're getting out of the Jets. So, again, I think um, the running game is more dynamic on our side with Raheem Mostert healthy. Jarek McKinnon's going to be involved. Jeff Wilson Jr. is going to be involved. Haven't heard anything about Tevin Coleman, so I don't expect him to play. Um, so I just think that we have the advantage there. But Buffalo's not a heavy running team. We, you know, you haven't been hearing the likes of Devin Singletary and Zach, Zach Moss, you know, screaming, you know, especially for those of us that play fantasy. These are not viable fantasy options because they just don't have, they're just not putting up numbers because they just, the offense doesn't rely heavily on the run. They like to run a little bit, but their offense is more pass- and then run through Josh Allen. That's how their offense runs, really. So I feel like, again, we have the advantage on that side, too. Where they really do have a lot of strength is in the passing game. I think between Cole Beasley and Stephon Diggs, they do. But we just have complementary pieces that I think can do a good job containing these guys. The question is, uh, to me, like we started in the beginning of this, uh, this matchup discussion, the biggest matchup problem that we have that is a disadvantage is Josh Allen's legs. He's the one X factor in that offense that can really keep things going more than any of the other complementary pieces around him. I feel like we can evenly match on that side, whether it's offense or defense. You know, Buffalo's defense has not been the same. You know, they they do have Trajavius White, who is, you know, borderline shut down corner. So he's going to be dealing with the likes of Debo Samuel. But we know that Debo Samuel lines up all over the field. And he's not the only weapon we have. We have Brandon Ayuk, who's Debo too. That he can all, and he's proven that throughout the course of the season, throughout his rookie campaign, that he's more, just as capable of running the same types of plays that Debo can play, can run, and he's actually a little bit more dynamic than Debo, whereas Debo's still kind of learning how to master the route tree. Brandon Ayuk um, can do that, and he can run, and it, he's only going to get better. So having two players that can do what Debo is, has already done just makes us way more difficult on the receiving side of things. But Josh Allen is really the one piece that's going to be able to keep their drives alive. And the question is, do we have enough in the pass rush and in the linebacking core to help contain Josh Allen? I think we do, but I still think there's going to be times when he gets through because he's just that good of a runner. Okay, so I hear everything you're saying. And so the real question is, this is really the big test. I really think this is probably the one test we we have yet to see Robert Salah really figure out is can he scheme a defense that can take down and be prepared for the onslaught of a mortal of, of a mobile quarterback a spontaneous mobile quarterback that when a play breaks down Josh Allen just goes and sometimes even when a play doesn't break down Josh Allen still goes his unpredictability is the hardest part about him is the fact that you know sometimes he sometimes he relies on that big cannon of an arm and sometimes he just goes nuts and he just goes flying and you're not even Josh Allen doesn't know what he's going to do he doesn't even know what he's going to do until the play begins so the real the, the really the question is can Robert Salah scheme a defense that is prepared and capable of containing him i feel like this is probably one of the last big hurdles that Robert Salah has to figure out and it'd be great if we could see him do it this season right here now Raymond Moving on, though, here's the next question. 
who do you want to see? Who are the players to look for moving into this game? Well, on the offensive side, I actually want to see the combo of Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. Those are the two players I want to see. We already know what Debo can do, and we've already seen what Brandon can do, but we've rarely seen them on the field together. I think they played once this season, so we'll get to see them again. And this is the more games these guys play together, the more dangerous and dynamic this offense becomes. And that's just the passing game. We already know what the running game is going to do. So I really want to see what the combo of Ayuk and Samuel can provide for Nick Mullins and the rest of this offense. That's on the offensive side of things. On the defensive side of things, I'm really looking, I'm looking to see what kind of impact you know we can get out of Richard Sherman again. Um, I felt like he had such a great impact last week. He's really the one player I've got my eye on. You know, I know what I'm going to get out of Jason Verrett. By the way, Jason Verrett on the Cam on the big Cam Akers run against LA last week. How about him chasing down Cam Akers um, all the way down to the five yard line? They ended up scoring uh, in the next series anyways. But Jason Verrett just stopping that big touchdown run with that tremendous speed after coming off of five years worth of injuries to his legs. Um, that was pretty damn impressive. So, uh, um, as much as I already know what I'm going to get out of him, I just want to know what I'm going to get out of Richard Sherman on his second game back in action. I love it. That is a pretty nasty combo. Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. I don't know if I can top that, so I'm not going to try and top it, but I'm going to move it one step further. I'm going to add another challenge. I want to see more from Mostert. Mostert had a pretty tough time. The Los Angeles Rams did a wonderful job of shutting him down. Good job by them. But Mostert is the king of the 75-yard breakout run in the first two quarters of the game. I want to see him bring that back. Can he bring that? Can he deliver that again? You know, I know he's been out for a while. I know last week he was going against a tough matchup, a division rival. But can Raheem Mostert give us that one big run, that back-breaking run that, that really kind of sets the offense on fire? Can we see that this week? He did have the, touch, the one touchdown run. I mean, it wasn't one of his big 50, 60-yarders, but, I mean, it was, it was still a substantial run, and he— did it was it looked like a signature score and he flashed at times you know but at the, at the same time uh LA did a really good job of stopping the run in the second half i felt that he did most of his damage in the first half and really struggled in the second half and but that was due to the adjustments that los angeles made um you know uh, as far as this game's concerned uh buffalo buffalo's uh, they struggle against both those aspects. I mean, they only score two. I mean, on average, they only score two more points than they allow. That's a really small margin of error. They've been involved in a lot of shootouts this year. So if a defense can come along and really shut them down, then the onus is on a defense that breaks more, or I'd say bends more often than they'd like to. I wouldn't want to say break because they are eight and three. So, you know, they are doing something right on defense, but I think a little bit is they're getting carried by the offense this season more than they are by the defense. So I would say, you know, maybe, maybe I was right in my first inclination, whereas this defense breaks more often than simply bends because it's the offense that has to bail them or the defense. The the offense is the one that has to bail out the defense for breaking in the first place. So uh, uh, but I but this defense is susceptible. And against a Kyle Shanahan offense, I just think that that's a big mismatch. And Sean McDermott against Robert Salah, that's going to be an awesome matchup problem. I think that Robert Salah, to your point earlier about him, 
I think the Niners can be prepared and I think they can do a good job. But the problem is it's really, really hard to, to account for a rushing attack that you never know, you never know when it's going to happen. You know, it's different when you're reading the offensive formation and making an educated guess as to what the play, whether it's going to be pass or run, and then you can react to it. But reacting to a play that's, you know, starts off like a pass and is supposed to be a pass, but then turns into a run is always going to be a difficult task for any team because your linebackers in secondary are already downfield. So the quarterback just has to get past the first level of rushers and then he's already got at least you know five six seven eight yards maybe a first down that's why the rushing the yards at the uh, the rushing yard average on quarterbacks is extraordinarily high because they just have less defenders to deal with versus running back when you know the ball is going to go to the running back and everyone the box box is stacked with eight you know that those numbers by on average are going to go down because the defense is able to anticipate it versus a mobile quarterback that's not traditionally supposed to run um, so, but anyways, that, that was just a quick, uh, additive. I wanted to add on to that, but, uh, but, uh, so, so now let me tell you who I want to see on defense. Okay. All right. So Raheem Mostert is who I added, who, who I said I wanted to see. You wanted to see more from Richard Sherman at totally fair. I had this challenge earlier in the season and now I'm posting it again. I want to see Javon Kinlaw take another step. I want another big play from the rook that was the biggest play of his career it was finally the breakout we've seen him kind of inch his way more and more game by game you know not everyone can be a DeForest Buckner and but either way we're seeing this player slowly evolve into what we believe is a first round draft pick worthy choice and so I want to see can Javon Kinlaw give us another big day gameplay can we do a big sack a, a big swat of the ball. Maybe he catches Josh Allen before he can get out of the backfield, so, or, you know, before he can really break past the line of scrimmage. Something that shows that the evolution of him is continuing and he's getting better and better at reading these offenses. That's who my challenge goes to, is to Javon Kinlaw. That's the player for me I want to watch. I'm looking at Javon Kinlaw and Raheem Mostert. Those are my guys. Awesome. Those are all great picks, too. And uh, so we'll just have to see with what they – I think D, if DJ – G.J. Jones, full participant today. So if he gets back in the lineup, I think it's going to be tremendous for Eric Armstead and Javon Kinlaw, really, uh, and Kerry Hyder. That's going to be that's a really good foursome right there. I think that's a that's not the gold rush, but it's a darn good backup uh, rotation group. Um, so I think that that's uh, I think that should be that should be a pretty good combination to draw, get some pressure and some hits on Josh Allen to slow him down and not break contain to let him get out in the open space because that's where he does. The, the most damage. So we'll just have to see how it all works out. We already know that this is probably the group we're going to see in the see going forward because Kyle Shanahan already hinted earlier in the week that he does not expect D Ford back for the remainder of the season, which is just a huge disappointment in him altogether, which is why I believe we'll probably never see him play as a Niner again. I think it's a wrap. No, yeah, he's, wrap. he's done in my opinion. Yeah, that's, that's an easy one. You get rid of You get that money off the books you go get somebody else. Yep. And so, uh, as you know, this game is Monday night, Goldcast Empire. So we'll be recording the follow-up episode after 
that game on Monday night. Look for it to be released sometime on Tuesday. And then, of course, our following preview matchup every Thursday night. We like to wait for Thursday for the preview matchup only because that gives us enough practices for the injury report. Make sure that we're giving you as accurate and as close up to the minute as possible as we can when we're doing these preview episodes. And, uh, Raymond, before we leave, final prediction for the game. What's the final score? Ooh. I'm going to say this one is another another close nail biter between these two teams. I'm going to say but I'm going to I'm thinking the scoring goes up just a just a hair better. I'm going to say 27-24 in favor of the Niners led by a Robbie Gold field goal once again. All right. Uh it's it's funny you said that. We I agree with you that this is another nail biter. The score goes up a little bit, but not by a whole lot. I'm going to say 24-21 in favor of the 49ers. So there we go. All right, what's your score again? Repeat it one more time for the audience. 27-24. 27-24, and I'm saying 24-21. What say you, Goldcast Empire? Let us know in the comments. Go to YouTube and let us know right there on this video in the bottom in the comments what you believe the final score will be for this game and who will win. And so concludes another edition of the Goldcast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Slisa III, and with me is my brother, my co-host, Raymond Salisa first, baby. Boom! We'll see you next time. Same Goldcast time, same Goldcast channel. This is, is the Goldcast.